Whether you are a startup or an established entrepreneur, nothing communicates your company's message better than brilliant branding. With over 25 years in the business and over 250 companies named, expert Phil Davis and his team at Tungsten Branding will enlighten, brighten, and illuminate your mind so your brand will shine. Get ready to flip the switch and spark your imagination. Welcome to Brilliant Branding with host Phil Davis and Liz Heemstra. Welcome this week to another edition of Brilliant Branding, and we have lots to share today. Um, this week, I have Liz with us. Hello, hello, Liz. hello. We're going to be weighing in on rebranding. So if you have been thinking in the back of your mind as you look towards the new year, could this be the year that we rebrand our company? Um, we're going to give you today the seven symptoms, and they are symptoms, of an identity crisis. And it's just sort of like we're talking about a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. You have these little things that have been percolating in the background, those little things that give you pause. And you think, ah, is that really worth it, though? There's so many signs that we'd have to redo. The stationery would have to be redone. <laughs> right, right. So without any doubt whatsoever, at the end of today's program, you will know whether you have a bad case of company brand identity crisis. Um, we're going to give you seven symptoms. I would say if you have more than two or three of these, you should consider it. If you have all seven, uh, we have a 911 number that you can call here at Tungsten. Uh, get immediate help. Go directly to our, our triage section, and we'll help you. So, And it's very timely because we got a call yesterday from the Washington Post um, quoting us to get our opinion on a, a name change. And in essence, a sort of a rebrand. Yeah, and, I'd say a reposition. A probably. reposition. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about rebranding and repositioning. Um, but it is, in a sense, a little bit of both because it involves a name change, subtle name change, but with big companies, subtleties are, are handled with kid gloves. There's a lot that goes into it due to signage, due to all the ramifications of a change. And it, it's Walmart. The news yesterday was Walmart was loosening, loosening, <laughs> loosening the hyphen and dropping the word stores. And at first it seems like, eh, no biggie. But really, that is a pretty profound shift to delete the word stores from your name. It signifies a shift in the business or the business strategy. And so much of branding and rebranding um, is, is needed and caused by a shift a growth or an expansion in the brand or the brand strategy. And if you think about where Walmart is today, they're in a foot race, at least a foot race, an all-out sprint to say, you know, we've got to protect our space here in the market. And if we're thought of, and this is the problem with the company brands, is they get pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. You know, Walmart, oh, that's that big box store. They call them the big box, physical, hard, brick, mortar. And so what helps to further reiterate that idea is that you call it, you know, Walmart stores in the official name. So they had decided to drop it. Um, the, the Post got a hold of us and, and asked us to weigh in on it. And we thought that was a good strategy, much like Apple dropped the word computers. Right. And, and again, it's an attempt to be more ubiquitous more less bound to this idea of brick and mortar as they own, as Walmart gets into owning jet.com, as they get online, they've invested billions of dollars to their online presence. They want 
to be that seamless buying experience like Amazon is. Right. Why do you think they would get rid of the hyphen? What do you think is that significance in there? Well, Liz, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, you know, we, we preach the four C's of brilliant branding, which is to be clear, concise, compelling, and consistent. Concise, you know, is losing the hyphen. It, I would say they're losing the hyphen. Just if you're going to make the change, throw that in with it. I don't think that is what prompted. I think losing the stores is what prompted it. Right. But why not lose the hyphen? Just be Walmart. If you think about how many people that we've talked to that had a hyphen in their domain name. Right. And early on, it was like, well, it'll break the words apart. It'll be easier to read. But that turned out to be just another hurdle that people have to do. So wall hyphen mart. Uh, then do do we use it? You know who does that a little bit too is Home Depot. Is it Home Depot or the Home Depot? Hmm. I mean, it gets clumsy. Right. One word, two words. Yeah. I'm I mean, sometimes sure. they insist on the the and sometimes they don't. So as, as companies become bigger, as you grow as a company, the goal is to become clear. People understand who and what you are. Concise. Your image becomes simpler. I think one of the greatest ones is Target. You know, if you think of their logo, it's one color. Right. It's red. And the, the white, it comes from the background. Um, Technically two colors, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't think they print the white. Well, that's true. That is true. See, You're crazy. Right. Crazy. It's a one-color yeah. logo. You're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Blew my mind. Blew the mind. So let's do this. Let's see if you have a symptom. So let's go at your symptom list here. Um, I'll be Nurse Ratchet. Um, <laughs> and I will... I will take you through this list. So just pretend like you called in. We're doing the, this again because we did the sort of that WebMD yeah, approach last week. We're doing week. this. So we're, we're going to make you sick and then we're going to make you better. Yes. Symptom number one, the guessing game. Explaining what business you are really in. Have you ever found yourself in this symptom? And this is probably, um, I would, I mean, we're starting off with the worst symptom. And that is one where people not only don't get it, but they might even have the wrong impression. I think having no impression still leaves you with the possibility that they're interested. So even an inert name, a Xerox kind of name or Kodak, that doesn't take me anywhere. But maybe, maybe even that case, I would say, well, what is it? Right. But when you have people going, wow, is that a, are you guys, hmm. So an example of that, Liz, I came across a site and I thought it was so, so interesting because at first glance, this is a great example of the guessing game. It was called the company store. So the company store, what would you think the company store would sell? Just company store. The company store. <clears throat> I would I would guess off the top of my head, like office equipment or supplies for maybe, companies. Yes. Yeah, you know, they supply companies, companies with what they need. Stuff. Maybe a big warehouse full of paper clips and tacks and chairs and paper knows? paper supplies yeah those expensive paper. cartridges that we go through way too much <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i was looking for i came across the company store thinking that's what they did things for companies mm -hmm. it's some weird play i guess almost like a company outlet i guess they were trying to go for that i'm guessing again i what do we call this symptom one the guessing game right why are they called the company store they sell blankets they, yeah, they sell, I had it up online here a minute ago, bedding on sale, uh, clearance line of comforters, quilts. I never would have guessed that. Coverlets. So maybe it was a, an attempt to be clever. And that's a lot of times the mistake companies make is they'll create something that's 
either clever, clever, maybe it's even a metaphor, which can be used effectively, but it's too obtuse mm-hmm. of a metaphor. Um, and so it kind of backfires. And instead of being intriguing, it becomes confusing. And you want your names to always be clear, clear, concise, compelling, consistent. So creating intrigue is good. You don't always have to explain your who you are in your name, but you want to create interest and intrigue that is congruent with your product. Well, yeah, you probably don't want to turn people away because I probably wouldn't have gone. I would have, if I heard the company store, I probably would have been like, oh, well, that's not a store that I would need. Yeah. They probably don't sell anything that I would need. So why would I ever look into that? But, you know, bedding sheets, bedding we all need sheets. that. <laughs> and if you think about, if you think about it, how many times have you not gone into a store because of a perception that you had about them? Quite a few times, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I can't think of one, especially off the top of my head, but I do know that like. Well, Liz, I can think of one off oh, the top good. of my head. Please tell me. I was driving down the road because I travel quite a bit and I'm forever looking for hotels, hot wire, whatever. Um, hotels.com and I've always avoided Microtel. <laughs> I've just, stayed at one of those before. I've just avoided them. Do you like them? I mean, no, you don't. Well, okay. So I stayed at one when I was traveling down to Florida with my softball team and we, it was one of those just cheap motels and I didn't pick it. So I don't have the experience of, you know, deciding or not deciding, but I remember going in there and I mean, it, it felt very, um, uh, not so tasteful <laughs> Did it? to put it like that. Well, the experience that I had with it was I was literally processing it. And this is what we're talking about, the guessing game. You know, mm-hmm. Microtel, you're trying to formulate an opinion based on the name. It was so, micro. For me, it was very micro. So I thought that this is Small. a hotel that would be tiny, 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 tiny little rooms. And maybe they've revamped them and the one I went to was different. Yeah. But when I got to the one that I got to, the rooms were, I think they had suites in the one that I went to. It was larger. It was kind of plain, but very clean. Hmm. And the rooms were larger than I expected. And I just realized that subtly I had fall, fallen for the name concept, which was micro. Small, tiny, little hotel. Well, that's interesting because I wonder if maybe it started that way. Yeah, because the experience that I had was we got into the room and it was pretty much a bed with maybe a half a foot you know, of space. So maybe that is where it started. Yeah. But in an effort, the one we went to was newer. Yeah. Was big. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's weird. That's why, because I have seen that they sort of revamped their look, yes. their logo. I mean, I. I think that it was 2006 when yes. I stayed at this hotel. This was more recent. This is a year or so ago. And you right. see a lot of the hotels revamping. To me, this is a symptom. If you're going to spend millions and millions of dollars per building, perhaps, why not invest some money in the brand name if it is? I mean, I mean, I seriously avoided it many, many times thinking I don't want to stay in a little tiny hotel. Yeah, um, right. And I went and I had a, a very you know, positive experience. I thought this is much nicer than I thought. Uh, it's as good as, as many of the mid-range hotels that I would never have guessed it to be associated with. So there's an example: the company store. No, they don't sell anything for the company. Microtel, 
Well, at least the one I went to was not about little little hotels or little rooms. Right. And so you spend your market. Here's the travesty in that. If you're one of those companies out there um, that are trying to market yourselves, the worst thing you do is make yourself your own enemy. So if you find that in a conversation you're trying to clarify or explain, then you have something misleading in your name. That's a symptom that it might be time to rebrand. And to your point, maybe they started off. Maybe intentionally started with small rooms or right. efficiencies or something. Right. But then it would make sense for them. Because like I said, I know that they've rebranded at least. Like their their logo and their look is changing. And I noticed that when I was driving down the highway and I saw one and I remembered the time that I spent in a microtel and thinking they are not the same. But they didn't rebrand the experience. They, exactly. Right. Well, they I think they may have rebranded the experience in terms of like you say, and it's bigger, but right. they didn't change the name to, so to reflect, right. right. To reflect their new, I guess, positioning, right. you would say. So there's an example. Um, we, we had a client that came to us called pipeline management, which I think we've talked about before that did sales leads, uh, a metaphor kind of gone wrong. Uh, people process that way too literal and they really thought they sold pipes. So, so that's number one. If you so here, here you are. I'm talking to you heart to heart here because I deal with entrepreneurs on a daily basis and I feel this pain. Are you having trouble um, messaging because people think you're something that you're not, and you have to say no? What we are, and it becomes a guessing game. It's bigger than a bread box. It's two syllables. It sounds like this. You're getting warmer. You're playing a game of hot and cold. Well, you're not even to the point of them engaging you yet. You're just trying to spend all the energy getting them to just say. Oh, okay. I finally get you. Right, man. Imagine just you know if you rebrand and you start right out of the gate with a positive, um, related. We call them ish names. Uh, boy, that gives me a sense of what you do or a sense of some attribute. It sounds like you guys are quick or fast or you're good at this or you're. Uh, can you tell me more about it? Is this something that you do in our community? Or can you do you have a business card? What a better energy than than the guessing game. Number two, symptom number two. We're more than blank. Um, and so if you find yourself saying something that, um, and then saying we're more than that, it's usually indicative that you have what we consider a literal construction in your name. You probably started off selling in a certain niche. Um, you became very successful at it and it grew. And then the very thing that made you is now holding you back. We compare this sometimes to the proverbial bucket. You, you plant a, a plant in a bucket it thrives, it grows, you give it fertilizer. You've done all the right things. So none of this is pointing a finger. A lot of these reasons arise because entrepreneurs are doing the right things, they grow. But as you grow, you become root bound. And then you, you find yourself just like a root bound plant. It's trying to get growth, but it can't because it's constantly saying the opposite. You know, you think we're this, but we're not. There's a company just breaks and they had to advertise, well, we're more, we're more than just breaks. And it's almost accusatory. Mm -hmm. How Just breaks, Liz. How did you dare think that we were just breaks? We're right. more than that. I well, believe there's a company, it's called Fast Signs, and their tagline, I believe, is more than fast, more than signs, more than just, it's, yeah. it's something similar the to two that. Ba essentially, yeah. it's Fast Signs, and then their tagline is essentially we're not just fast signs. Yeah, we're not just fast and we're not just signs. We are fast signs. <laughs> and you know, if you know, if it wasn't so painful for the entrepreneur going through it, it would be funny. 
Um, and so that's symptom number two. We're more than. And I think the last example we'll leave you before we go to break is auto owners. You know, that started off, I mean, geez, what is your impression of auto owners? I would just never think to go to them for home insurance. And so they have to constantly, and this is like, uh, you know, the, the sailboat with the wind to your back versus a power boat and you're gassing all of them. You've got to spend money to say it's not just auto, it's not just auto, it's not just auto. Burlington Coat Factories run a campaign again this week. We're more than coats, but then again, they're having a coat drive. So very conflicted. Uh, we're more than, and yet we aren't. So auto owners, uh, Burlington Coat Factory is now just Burlington. More than Christmas, the store in town constantly complained that people thought they were Christmas. So if you say in your conversation, well, we're more than this, that's an indication that you have symptom number two. So keep your little chart here. Symptom number one, people are guessing. Symptom number two, you're always telling them that you're basically more than what you really are. And that makes you apologize for your core strength. You should never have to do that. So we're going to get into the other, the rest of the seven symptoms right after the break. Be sure to join us anytime you want on tungstenbranding.com or on any of our social media. And we'll be right back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
And we're back. We're talking today about the seven symptoms of an identity crisis. Not your personal one. We know you have that. <laughs> but we're talking about your companies. We can't help you with that. Yeah, sorry. That's a whole different show. Um, this is uh, the identity crisis that companies go through, usually due to growth. You know, I have a 15-year-old, and you see this in people. I mean, they really try to figure, you know, who are they? What are they? What are they becoming? What group am I in? And as you evolve as a company, it's the same thing. You know, you start off and you're, you you make some hits and some misses and you find your groove. That groove defines you and then that groove sometimes constricts you for various reasons. So our role today here is to help you identify where are those constriction points and how can you get through them and rebrand so that going into the new year, you can just put this whole identity crisis behind you. You know, you can get rid of the red Corvette that you bought. You can take that back to the dealership and you can get on with the business of excelling at what you do. So symptom number one was the guessing game. N nobody really gets you and you take them through a charades episode to even get them into what it is that you do. Number two is that you're always saying, well, we're more than that. I mean, we actually, you know, if people only understood. Number three um, is the trademark question. Trademark, what trademark? So this is where companies kind of get a little bit of religion. They, the light goes on. They come up with a great idea. This happens uh, more with our startups mm -hmm. because once you've been out in the market a number of years, usually something's surfaced by then. But we're going to talk about two aspects of trademark that I think are worth mentioning. One is in the initial phase, if you just don't pursue trademark research. Um, we sometimes use a company, um, TM. Uh, express express.com right? trademark mm -hmm. express.com you can mention us if you give them a shout they do good trademark research but we recommend doing a good trademark a couple of reasons one to avoid being served what's called a cease and desist letter you get out there and well you're going gangbusters and six months in someone gives you a cease and desist doesn't mean you have to do it they might not have any footing but it's just something you hopefully want to avoid and you get to find out where you know, where all the potential conflict points are in terms of not only is somebody close, but is somebody big. We abandoned one idea one time, which I really didn't think the trademark would be an issue, but the company was Walt Disney. And we said we'd rather not dance with Walt Disney. Mm -hmm. So we just stayed away from, you know, the, the big 800 pound gorillas in the market who have people on staff just bored. Let me <laughs> let me go after somebody. Give me somebody to chew up today. So when you do the trademark search, you could see who's behind it. What is it? Is it similar? And there's about five different reasons a trademark can or can't work. It's not just if it's the exact name. It can sound too similar. It can have the same meaning as the name you have. So a, a good trademark search followed by a consult with a trademark attorney will help you to know where you stand. And we get people that come to us and they're having to rebrand because they have a trademark issue. Um, and that's unfortunate. The other thing, too, in doing a trademark search, it serves the purpose of creating a sense of where the white space is in your industry. So if you do a trademark search and you find out, yeah, I could possibly get by, um, it might be because, you know, they say, well, your name isn't exactly the same as these. But it's very eye opening because you go, wow, but there are about nine or ten other companies that while we'll get away with our trademark, do we want to? because it creates what's called dilution. We looked up a, um, an idea for a company once with the word Luna in it, based kind of, I think it was, we were doing like a wine or some kind of thing. And we looked up and they were permitting all kinds of companies with the word Luna in them. They were actually giving them the trademark. 
but they had permitted it so often, it was so pervasive. There's this thing that happens called dilution. It's like, yeah, you have a trademark and no one can use the exact name that you're using, but people can pretty much use everything around it. There was Luna this and Luna that and this blue Luna and Luna sky and Luna this. So the question then becomes, it's not just, is it permissible, but is it advisable? Uh, an example of companies that certainly have a trademark, but if you think about it, how confusing is this? Let's look at the insurance industry, and we'll start with Allstate. And Allstate, I believe, is the good hands people. Yep, you're in good hands. Yeah, I think it's Allstate, which falls into State Farm. So right. from Allstate to State Farm to Farm Bureau to Farmers Insurance. And then they have to do crazy things like da 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 We are farmers. Do you have millions of dollars to create a create that distinction and a jingle and a tagline and a creative and a funny thing so that you're different than farm bureaus, which is different than state farm, which is different than all state. So if you're over here in your Geico, which is, you know, it could be an amalgamation of characters. I'm not. I'm not big and necessarily on that one name, but in terms of the white space, yeah, that's way different. Yeah, you know, and you've got progressive. So progressive is sometimes people will do a taxonomy, and I've seen this done in the industry before by other people that are in the naming business, and they'll grid this from highly invented to this and that, they'll put some kind of an XY and they'll just plot the names so you can see, is there a grouping in here where there's just too many names in our area? And the goal here is to create something that's very unique. Mm -hmm. Unique, but also uh, something that will lend to a platform, not unique for unique sake. You don't just wanna call it in our famous blue taco analogy. Um, <laughs> don't just call it something that's just crazy, just call it crazy. But you definitely want to own your own white space. When people look you up, they find you. So that is symptom number three, trademark. What trademark? And that's not always the fun part of the business, but it's a very necessary one. So let's go to trade number um, symptom number four. <laughs> Hopefully you're not dead yet. <laughs> and we do have the antidote, so don't worry about that. This now, is a chronic disease. This so. is chronic. It's treatable. <laughs> it is treatable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like hep C. There is a cure for it now. Yeah. So you don't worry about this. So symptom number four, we call it, we're not in Kansas anymore. Um, and this is way funnier than what it sounds because we actually had a client who was in Kansas, but they weren't anymore. Uh, they were called Kansas City Sampler and they sold all this sportswear to all these Kansas-based teams. Love the concept so much. They said this could work in any state and the state they were going to open in next was Texas. Tejas, mm -hmm. um, but not not so good selling Texas sportswear with the name Kansas City Sampler. Right. Yeah. So they just <laughs> so they had to rebrand. They became Rally House, just something that would speak to anybody, any fan, anywhere. Other examples you see throughout history, throughout brand history, which dates back literally dozens of years. Dozens. Um, dozens. If you think back to uh, 3M which in a, in a way is a rebrand. <clears throat> they were originally, and I'm probably gonna get this wrong, I know it's Minnesota. <coughs> Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing. Someone will call up and probably say, no, it's Minnesota Manufacturing and Mining, regardless. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dicker with the words here. <laughs> it was 3M's, and they were Minnesota, and they were mining and manufacturing. That's the geographic limit limiter. And sometimes you can get away with it. Sometimes you can't. Kentucky Fried Chicken. I don't think you'd process that as being oh, it's not available anywhere. But it's it's a kind of chicken that came from Kentucky, and it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. I think you can get away with some of these. Other ones, I do feel they're misleading. Had they stayed with that moniker of Minnesota mining and manufacturing, you probably wouldn't think, I should see if they have scotch tape. You mm -hmm. know, I should see if post-it notes are available at their industrial company store. <laughs> yes, right. And another one that I've come across, and I've always thought this one to be curious, is Virginia College. And as I looked up and did some research on them, I realized that they are all over and it wasn't until later that they actually had one location, the last I checked, in in Virginia. And they just went with the name Virginia College. And then they have to say Virginia College is here, Virginia College is there. It's just not a very intuitive way to connect to the school. And it's, uh, I don't believe the heritage was, you know, 150 years and they started and all that. It's, it's kind of a more of a school that you can do online, you can do all these other things, but with Virginia College, it's a name, it works as a name, but again, a little bit unclear as to why it's Virginia. And I think it creates just an unnecessary hurdle. Absolutely, yeah, you know? yeah. And we talked about, can you get away with Phoenix though? Yes. Yeah. Because Phoenix can- Be a bird. It could be a bird. Right, it and their be. University of Phoenix, their logo is a bird, I believe. And you can tell the story of rising out of the ashes mm -hmm. and restarting your life. Right. Whereas, you know, Virginia is, are, are, so I can't go to you guys. Oh, no, we're all over. Um, we only have one campus in Virginia. So it, it creates that kind of, you know, there you are. So geographic names, we see it all the time, especially with small businesses. Don't name it if, if within three to five years you think you're going to be outside of that geographic area. And what is it that is inherently beneficial about, we're in the city of Brevard, North Carolina. I see like Brevard Drugstore. Well, I know it's the Brevard Drugstore. It's right on the corner in Brevard. Mm -hmm. So that does not inform me about your brand. Are you better? Are you custom? Um, are you local? Do you treat people better because you're from the city? What is the inference you're making by simply stating your geography? Doctors do this all the time. Dentists do it all the time. You know, Mills River this, something, something that. Mm -hmm. People kind of know you're there when it's in your address. Yeah, right. I think to your point about KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken, it might work for food. Mm. In terms of, you know, well, we have regional food or we have like. Yeah, this is this is a recipe from, from this region. Right. But yeah, typically if you're selling services that don't usually come from a certain region. You want to go to college. I wouldn't think of going to Virginia right. College if I'm, you know, states away. Right. Yeah. You know, so that might just. And, you know, initially your customer is very tentative. They're making decisions like, oh, that doesn't sound like a college I would go to. It's too far away. Well, then you have to do the what? You go back to what's the number? You know, we're more than Virginia, you know? <laughs> we're we're not just in Virginia, <laughs> you know? So uh, you create these circular loops that you're spending time, money, effort, cash, clarification. Your staff is, and you know, think about it when a name is synergistic and on point and everybody's, in, or you, you avoid all of these conversations and all of this 
kind of uh, backpedaling and you can kind of get right to it. So that's number four. You certainly don't want to be in Kansas, Dorothy. Um, let's get beyond that and create a brand that's expansive and extends beyond a geographic boundary. I'll also mention even successful companies, and I've been taken to task a little bit over this because if it's a successful company, people think, well, then it can't be true. But you could argue they could be doing even better. There's times I haven't checked Southwest Airlines because I just didn't think that they'd be in our market because it's Southwest. I mean, I think they're transcending that now and becoming just really known as a national carrier. But in the initial stages, I really pigeonhole them in my mind as being from the Southwest. I think they also have a separate website for booking. So it's kind of, for me, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Now, operationally, experientially, they've got very high marks. But then why not create something that would allow people to feel like it's it's available everywhere? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so um, you can argue that one. I think maybe they've transcended it. But still, why do that? So symptom number five, bad company. And we're not talking about the band. We are talking about when you share your name with unsavory subjects. And there's a lot of unsavory lately in the news. There is a lot of unsavory. It's popping up like crazy. One of the worst ways or best ways to have this happen, depending on how you look at it, is to fall into the trap of using an acronym. If you use an acronym in your name, who in the world knows what that acronym is going to come to mean in the future? Right. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, who would have thought when you were the, what was it, Liz? We looked up the World Taekwondo Federation. Right, yeah. And they became WTF. WTF. Right. (laughs) WTF. Um, Yeah, so that was, it was all good until it wasn't. (laughs) Until the internet came along. Yeah. Can you imagine the derision that they must have gone through? So their acronym WTF became very, very problematic. There was a famous lawsuit between the World Wrestling Federation and the The World World... Wildlife Federation. And in that smackdown, the the pandas won. (laughs) They brought it. Yeah, I guess no matter how how B.A. you are. It's all that bamboo. It's all that bamboo. So another one we saw recently, and uh, I've shared that my son was going to a physical therapist, and it was ISIS. And it seems comical now. Right. At the time, that was a legitimate name, Isis. Yeah. It's a Greek goddess. Some Greek goddess of uh, rehabilitation. I actually think it's something about healing or something similar along those lines. Yeah. 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 So Achilles heel, all that Greek stuff. So <laughs> ISIS was one. It's it's whether you used it, and a lot of places have used it as an acronym, and the Institute for this or ISIS, and then it becomes very very problematic. So sometimes wittingly or unwittingly, you fall into this trap. It's another need to rebrand. You have to just kind of judge it. Is this a passing thing? If it is, you better hope it's a three to six month passing thing. If it looks like it's pervasive, ISIS is not something that was going to go out of the news cycle in a month. Um, the other one, and we were asked to quote on this, is with Weinstein having all the debacle that went on with his company. Notice the other day, just unwittingly, we're coming through this list of awards. People had won awards in different categories in our industry. And one of them was the Weinstein marketing. So um, just to be a mouse on the wall yeah, right now and go... Now, you know, there's probably more than one Weinstein, I imagine. Yeah, and to our knowledge, they are not connected. Yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't see a direct connection. But if they aren't, what do you do with that? 
how long will this cloud hang over your brand? Yeah. And how long do you sit here with that before you say we should make a move? During that horrific tsunami in 2005, there was a drink that just came out and it was called the tsunami, which probably wasn't the best rollout timing yeah. for that brand. So sometimes through events, everything from the weather, an acronym, social media will sometimes grab hold of something and run something up the flagpole that everybody's using. Um, there could be a bad actor, especially with legacy names. When you have last names in your name, anybody that shares your last name. Seriously? So I have an alert for Phil Davis that this, this ties in nicely with this. I thought, mm -hmm. well, you know, we're getting quoted quite a bit in the news. Thanks to our brilliant branding. Thanks, Tacey. For our brilliant branding uh, podcast, we're getting reached out to for commentary. And I put a little alert, like, well, let's just see what happens. And I, I have this really, really obscure name, Phil Davis, you know, which apparently no one else has. No one. No one. So I put a little alert on there. And uh, every morning I get told about um, what Phil Davis in the world has just created another felony, you know, yeah. <laughs> breaking and entering. Thank goodness theft. you didn't name it the Phil Davis company. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, it's been less than helpful. So number five, you don't want to be in bad company. We've got a couple more symptoms that we're going to go with. Hopefully take a couple of aspirin, some pain relievers, some Tylenol. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to get you through two more symptoms. Then we're going to talk about what we can do, and we'll go into this next week, the benefits of a positive, successful rebrand, how you can start the next year off on a better footing with a positive, powerful brand. We'll be right back after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your brand is your story. And getting your story straight is the most critical and challenging component of your brand identity. That's where we come in. We're Tungsten, and we're naturally wired for brilliance. We'll help create, clarify, and communicate your brand message in ways that will make you shine. Whether you're a startup, entrepreneur, consultant, or an established business, we'll use our tools and talents to build and brighten your company identity. Why struggle with domain searches, trademark issues, and endless brainstorming when the Tungsten team can create a clear and compelling brand name that strengthens your image? Having named over 250 regional, national, and international companies, products, and services, Tungsten has a trusted track record for successful brand creation and implementation. Our proven process will focus your brand and put you center stage. Visit us at tungstenbranding.com for your free quote. That's tungstenbranding.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You 
are listening to Brilliant Branding. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at tungstenbranding.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Brilliant Branding. We're given the seven symptoms that it might be time to do a company rebrand. And uh, we love doing rebrands because we help get companies, help them get their story straight is what we love to say. Um, It's kind of like the defense uh, attorney who comes in and says, so what's your story? And they go (laughs) and they hear it and then they go, I had a friend who was a defense attorney and the person would get done. He'd never ask them if they're guilty. They'd say, what's your story? They'd give them the story. They'd go, do you want to stick with that story? And the person goes, "Mm, maybe not. He goes, well, why don't you give me another story? Okay, here's how it really goes down. So we help people get, we're not saying you're felons, but we get off on the wrong foot. Our, we do six, seven course changes and our business gets really f- fragmented and fractured. And the pain becomes, how do I make this story coherent and cohesive and congruent? And so that's what the rebrand does is it brings all those fractured pieces together. You might end up finding that you need to throw one or two out that just don't fit. And in doing the rebrand process, you do that. And I have to give a little plug for ourselves. Um, we've been <laughs> at this now for 15 years, uh, doing the rebranding, the renaming. And this past week, we were just awarded from Clutch.co, a top five naming firm globally. So we were excited to get that that designation. And um, so we're just going to keep telling people what we've been telling people for 15 years. It seems to be working. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. We're uh, symptom number six, vanilla anyone. And this is called the generic brand name curse. And this is an understandable trap to get into because in an effort to get to market, most people are so concerned people aren't going to get what we do. So this is the opposite of you've created a crazy Greek name. You've wanted people to get what you do. You're very focused. You know what your first product line is. So you just get right at it and you become the product or you become the industry. Um, we think of companies like linens and things. So they were just very much what they were. They just call it for what they are. And sometimes these companies you can tell are struggling because when you see their signs, you actually think they're the descriptor phrase. You know, it's almost like you see the hardware store and you go, what is it? And they go, <laughs> it's the hardware store. Um, so we've had a couple of these, the urethane supply company. Yeah. And as we pointed out in a previous episode, the problem with the urethane supply company, not only is it a forgettable name, but they got away from supplying urethane. We had the wholesale landscape supply that wanted to get into retail. So even if you think you're being accurate and you're telling people and there'll be no misunderstanding, number one, you're so pedestrian, you're you're, you're just so lost with this that no one's going to remember you. With the wholesale supply company, he would have people struggle to make checks out. What are you again? The garden supply? There's just no sense of brandability. And what you want in a brand is that uniqueness, that traction of going, what's your name? And we rebranded them Big Earth. Mm-hmm. Our name speaks volumes. His real emphasis, he didn't care who he sold to. He just wanted to sell bunches of it. So it wasn't wholesale or retail. It was about selling in volume. So linens and things, if you look at these ones that just kind of name themselves after the category, they usually struggle. And categories now, due to Amazon and everything else, shift so quickly that if you really start to own a category, 
somebody could just take it online or Amazon gets it and you're all about the category and now that category is just sold at a cheaper price online. And there's no differentiator. Why should I go to, you know, I'd rather go to Big Earth. Maybe there's something proprietary about Big Earth. But if it's just wholesale landscape supply, I can get wholesale any number of places. So don't be vanilla. <laughs> maybe chocolate, maybe strawberry. I like, for me, I, I'm butter brickle. What are you? Butter yes. brickle. You know, as a kid, I always loved, and I still love as an adult, Superman. 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 That's kind of that's 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 kind of made a, a comeback. Superman. I think so, and I kind of think maybe it's a little bit of a northern. I yeah. don't know if um, Superman's everywhere. Is it? I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I came down here and I would mention it, and people wouldn't really know what I was talking about. Yeah, I see, but that's unique. <laughs> Superman. I am unique. Yeah, yeah, you're an, a unicorn, definitely. <laughs> So, and that's what you want to be. You want to be a unicorn in your business. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be a linens and things or wholesale. You want to be Superman ice cream. You want to be Superman. Yeah, can't be stopped, not even by a speeding bullet. Nope. Okay, so our symptom number seven and our last symptom, and hopefully you're not gangrene at this point because we are going to get you better, is Big Brother. And this is when a brand that you sell begins to overpower you. And before we jump into this, the symptom that drives this is, again, lack of clarity about the centrality of your business purpose. You know, if there's a lack of clarity about the centrality of your business purpose, people will kind of revert to using other methods to promote themselves. Well, we're more than this or this. And then this trap and this, and this need to rebrand is because when your identity is so weak that you rely, ironically, on the strength of the brand or the brand of companies that have done it right, so you start saying things like, we're the number one authorized dealer for Yeti. I'm seeing that a lot this time of year. You know, we're the Yeti dealer. Right. Um, we've got Yetis in stock. We sell Yankee candles. So your entire presence, whether it's online or whether it's brick and mortar and you've got it in a glass window, is you're always screaming other people's brands, Pandora bracelets. Um, and so, and some of this happens when you are fed co-op money. And I've dealt with this owning an ad agency for a number of years where the temptation is half your advertising will get paid if you help promote this this vendor of yours. We had a client that took that it's almost like drug money. <laughs> it's so addictive. You know, why pay a hundred percent when you get half of it paid for by promoting the vendor? The problem is you're promoting the vendor. And after promoting this vendor and getting them strongly established in the market for a number of years, their brand almost took a back seat. They became known as the Precore dealer. It was Precore Fitness Equipment. And when they finally got to a point one year where they could not promise Precore this increase that they wanted every year from them, these guys lost control of their business. They wanted to carry other fitness equipment, which means they're not going to keep increasing this supplier anymore. When they finally pulled that, um, Precore decided, well, then if you're not going to promise an increase, we'll take you to a competitor. So now all this brand equity that they created, the reason to come to us is we have this great brand. Now that brand was being offered by a competitor across the street. Yeah, right. Oh, I mean, that's – and we certainly – so this has some real-life consequences. This branding isn't just a highfalutin word. I mean, there are real – whether through being misled, confusing – um, dilution through these things. There is real slippage in your sales 
sometimes there's a real cost. And in this case, unfortunately, uh, that client went out of business. Um, they lost their one of their, their top sellers. Um, their brand alone didn't stand real clear, and they struggled with it. The temptation then is to piggyback or dovetail off of other strong brands, mm-hmm. promote them like crazy. <laughs> and Amazon, and we talked about this, Liz, if you build and build and build that brand, what do people do when they finally go, well, that sounds like a great brand. Where should I check for it? Um, on Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, well, if that's such a great brand, let me see if I can get it cheaper on Amazon. Right. Or just online in general. Why would I go to a store? Yeah. You've convinced me that this brand, you mm-hmm. know, the other one we mentioned um, when we were talking about today's show is the Intel inside. It's kind of interesting when you say, our computer is so-so. But let me just tell you, we do have Intel inside. It's almost like seeing the stuff inside of us mm-hmm. is better than us. Right. You know, and it's a lost opportunity to talk about why you as a company should be bought first and foremost. Yes, right. You know, what is your point of differentiation? So whenever you do that and you find yourself kind of defaulting to sub-brands and trying to use other people's inventory, then that becomes very problematic. So those are the seven symptoms. Um, Just to recap, you don't want people guessing who you are. You don't want to get caught saying, well, we're more than blank. Uh, We're more than Christmas. (laughs) We're also Christmas and mufflers. Mm -hmm. Um, Trademark issue. Don't get caught flat-footed because you get served a cease and desist. Or on the other hand, you find out you've been given a trademark along with thousands of others. There, there was a company that we looked at. They wanted the name Summit, which I strongly advise against. It's such a common thing. There's 120 goods and services categories. And they had allowed, I think, several hundred trademarks, which means they allowed two or three trademarks in every category. At what point is that even worth anything? Mm-hmm. So trademark. Trademark will also give you a sense of the space in your category. Are you unique? Um, Number four is just don't get caught with a map name, you know, so don't get caught with something in your name that limits you to one geographic region. Yeah. Um, Number five was our bad company name. Um, And this is not any fault of your own. And some of these are no fault of your own through growth, expansion. It just happens. Sometimes you just get land on. You wake up in the morning and holy cannoli, um, somebody just committed a felony with our company name. Mm-hmm. And that happens even with spokespeople. Right. I mean, this happens throughout marketing, the Jared thing with Subway. Right. You know. Right. So be careful who you choose. You don't want bad company associated with your brand. You don't want to be vanilla. That was number six. Uh, the brand that just basically says nothing. That's the one that just states who you are. So in our industry, we have a lot of what? The naming company, the name brainers, mm-hmm. the name stormers. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we're supposed to be differentiated. We chose tungsten. Yeah. Because we aligned with clarity. Right. Clarity and insight. And that has served us fairly well. And number seven is just don't get caught in this trap of going, I don't really know. I haven't done the work of really figuring out who we are. So let's just brag about some of the stuff or product lines that we sell. These right. could be service lines. Right. And your advertising gets taken over by <clears throat> promoting brands that you don't own. We had a client, uh, Bethel Farms out of uh, Florida, and every year they were given a brand new grass variety. And they belonged to a co-op of people. Only a certain number of people could grow that grass. 
and they would invest marketing dollars to get that grass famous, only to then compete against the other 17 growers to actually sell it. And so that's what was the, the genesis of them creating the Harmony brand line, which now sells nationally. It's a brand that they went out with and they own and control their own destiny. So number seven, when you have brands that you're pushing, push your own brand and control your own destiny. Build what we call and what is known as brand equity. That's just like equity in your house that you can take to a bank and that you can use. So those are the seven symptoms. Next week, what we're gonna be talking about are all the benefits of a rebrand. So on the flip side of this, when you get congruent and when you get clear, how are the, what are the steps you need to do to do that? And how does that help launch you so that you can get your conversation going from zero to 60 in the first minute of a conversation? Um, no more stumbling, no more explaining, no more back and forth. You can speak with clarity and right away the questions then become, instead of, a, we have an article and it's in our blog post about, is your company name a huh? or a what? A what is tell me more. Uh-huh is what? Mm -hmm. They're backing away from you. Next week, we're gonna talk about getting that what name, the one that gets people saying, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more about that, or why did you call it that way, or is there something more that you could explain? So that's the benefits of rebranding next week. We're gonna be talking about rebranding all this month to get you ready for the new year and get you excited about a, a very positive and upbeat 2000 and 18. Can you believe that it's here already? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So look for us on tungstenbranding.com. If you look under insights, you'll see our list of company branding articles. You'll see our podcasts and you'll be able to read up on all the best practices that you can use. So we look forward to having you join us each and every week on the show. And if you have any questions, you can always write us at info tungstenbranding.com with your questions and we'll address them on air and until then just have an exciting week and we'll look forward to looking at rebranding and getting you started to a successful year next year thanks and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to brilliant branding Please join host Phil Davis and co-host Liz Heemstra for another edition of the program next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, stay brilliant.